And what's crazy is that there are a lot of men who are traumatized either from dating or just from growing up that are out of touch with their emotions. And mm-hmm. and I'm saying this as a judgment. Um, this is how I was and am like, yeah. if I look for my emotions, it takes me a while to figure out what I'm feeling. Like I have to stop and think about it for like a few seconds. It's like waiting on the shore for a wave to hit. So if you're having trouble feeling your emotions, there's, this is possibly the result of trauma and that trauma gets in the way of being an effective dater. Um, but in going into somatic work in going into understanding our emotions, we begin to open up those channels again. And the value of this, and we've, we've talked a lot about emotions and I think a lot of guys are sort of averse to this, like you, Icky. But there's also the understanding that attraction is an emotion. Mm-hmm. Love, lust, those are emotions. And if you're getting stuck in the friend zone, it's because you aren't playing in emotions. We're getting stuck in the logical. And it's not your fault because mm. that's just how we've been trained, talking facts. So the minute that we get emotional freedom, is also the minute that women are like, who is that guy? What's up, humans? This is the Human Up Podcast, and my name is Victor Ung, a emotional intelligence and cannabis wellness coach. And I am super excited to share this conversation that I had with a friend, Rob Wong, uh, who is a dating coach for Asian men. I am super fascinated in his story and the nuggets of information, his experiences, his, um, you know, scenarios and, and work with individuals has taught him you know, in, in terms of dating and relationships and, and especially in the, uh, attraction phase of that relationship. Um, I, growing up as a kid who, you know, never really had these types of conversations, um, you know, especially the, the deeper, more emotional side of it in, in how to both read emotions, but also how to navigate and cope with my own emotions in, in dating and, um, creating attraction. And then, you know, of course, having that self-worth and that confidence in my own attractiveness, my own sexiness, right. That was so lacking in a lot of ways. And, um, after doing a lot of my own work in, in understanding my own emotions, being able to communicate them. Um, I am just so excited to be able to like riff off this stuff and, and nerd out about, you know, this type of, these types of topics, uh, with, with Rob. So, um, I think also the, you know, we, we didn't really talk too deeply about it, but there's definitely a, a common, thread here with being Asian men who based on mainstream media, based on, you know, the movies that we see based on other, just other models that we see around us in culture, in society that men, Asian men are at the bottom of the attraction sort of spectrum, right? In, in terms of popularity, right? And I am am just excited to really be in this place. I think Robert and I have that common mission, just kind of approaching it in different ways, right? In in terms of empowering Asian men, 
you know um rob is taking the more the very specific approach and and creating the results in your dating life and um i'm sure if you know i'm sure people who work with him end up learning so much more and improving so many other areas of their life when improving their dating life as well whereas i am taking more of a personal approach in more of a spiritual approach as well in, in just really understanding ourselves, our purpose our identity um, and building up that core from you know from as, as a foundation so that we can show up better in our relationships so that we can show up better in our careers and show up better in any creative projects that we might have or want to want to build up and so I think, again, with that common thread of being Asian men, we just, you know, so many parts of culture, so many parts of other people's projections can hold us down in in showing up as, as our best self. And and that's why I'm really excited for you to to take a listen here and, and see kind of what what you relate to and, and really pick for yourself what applies to you and what doesn't. This is a big part of personal development and life in general. You know, the ability to really relate to other stories, other experiences, and be able to pick and choose what does work for you in your own way to then create your own experience, to create your own next steps, to create your own sense of clarity, right? And so as you're listening to this episode, you might have things you don't agree with and you might have things that really shine light on in your situation or, or maybe under um, any sort of underlying beliefs or or blind spots that you might have. And in either case, I would love to hear from you and how this applies to you and um, what resonates and what doesn't and where I could improve in this podcast and the show as well. Um, just anything about any of this, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to follow me on Instagram at human podcast and message me that way, um, that would be great. Um, so stick around till the end too, to, to hear a little more updates on my ends and, um, and what I've, what kind of projects I've been working on. But for now, we'll just get right into the episode after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. 
So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. What's up? Welcome to the podcast, Rob. I am stoked to have you here. Hey, uh, thanks. You know, a little bit nervous about being on someone else's podcast and i'm excited to be here too of course no i mean nervousness is very common so i appreciate your your openness and vulnerability there but um i'm excited to have you on i mean you have your own podcast so i know you've been in this space and you know talking about your story and whatnot too so um but i'm excited to have you here in terms of like i I think I'm, how did I meet you? It was probably through the Badass Asian Dudes group, most likely. So. Um, and it, it's, it's so interesting to, to see, first of all, in another Asian man in coaching in this wellness space, it's very rare to see. It's actually a big reason why I went into this work too. But anyway, it's cool to connect and I'm excited to talk about what that work is for you yeah thanks it's it's weird being on the other end i feel like when 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 i'm running the podcast it's like it's cool because like i sort of have a sense of how it's gonna go now i'm getting like how discombobulating it can be yeah. like just having that open-endedness i'm excited to dive in all right no worries yeah we'll, we'll get into it um you want to start with then your story and kind of who you are and what type of work you're in and what got you there? Yeah. Well, I think my story also starts in corporate. I was very much like gunning for a certain kind of look. I, I, I thought the success looked a certain way. So, you know, I moved to LA. I was doing market research with a, a lot of really big brands like um, Disney, Hulu, EA. I was in regular contact with them all. I, I ran um, multiple different teams, and in my head, it was like, okay, like I've I've made it. I'm in the city. I'm dating this beautiful girl. Like I've got this high profile job. Like surely this is what happiness is. And then, <laughs> um, then I, I burned out, and I didn't know that I was burned out. That was the crazy part. I just thought that I was stressed. But when I look back at the signs, it was like. Um, I was procrastinating. I would get back home. I'd cook myself dinner. I'd fall asleep. I'd wake up with like dread in my stomach. And I was so deeply out of touch with my emotions. I, I didn't know what I could do to regulate. So I just had this huge pile of Amazon boxes in the corner from all the stuff that I was buying to make myself feel better. Um, and stuff just blew up. Um, I wound up uh, suicidally depressed. Just um, spent entire like three, four days in a row in bed, like I didn't shower, barely ate, barely slept, just scrolling on my phone. Because I didn't know. Um, and my breakthrough happened when I discovered the Landmark Forum. And, you know, I'd spent so much of my life as well, just feeling unattractive, like not knowing how to communicate to women, um, feeling like a permanent outsider. Like for some reason, other people, I'd, I'd run into them at the bar and they'd be like, like flirting and like girls would be laughing and touching their arm. And it's like, right. what the hell are they? How? Yeah. <laughs> How's this happening? <laughs> so once I 
got in touch with my emotions and started sharing them with people. I came to understand that that was what was missing the entire time. Connection was very, very easy after that. My dating life is extremely different in my 30s compared to when I was in my 20s. Um, so that's what I focus on. I don't think dating has to be complicated at all. So that is it's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, awesome. And and what type of work then are you working on now for those who, who don't know? You can see how I left that open-ended. Um, <laughs> so so um, my thing is that most men are more dateable than they think. And my work is helping them see that and get out of their own way. Awesome. So you help men improve their dating lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting growing up like in a certain environment or certain mindset that for me growing up, like even the fact of just admitting like, Oh, I don't even know what to do to date or like, um, or that I might need it some help in this area or like you know that type of stuff was something that I know I felt a lot of judgment for uh, both from other people as well as myself you know like ah I should be able to do this myself I should be able to like go and get the girl or whatever and I and I did try to do that I actually went and read some books like the way of the superior man and like how to win friends and influence people. Um, I went to like subreddits, like, you know, <laughs> pick up artist stuff, um, you know, red pill and all that stuff. Right. To figure out like, why, what am I missing here? Cause I totally resonate where um, growing up, not being able to address or, or be even aware of my own emotions. Again, was not something I was aware of at the time, but that was at the core of it. The reason I wasn't able to communicate with not even just women, but even other men, right. Even other friends. And, uh, and so like growing up in my teens and twenties, it's like a very limited view of, of what to do to, to date. So I think what you're doing in this type of work to like provide that service is uh, very much needed for sure. Yeah. I, I relate a lot to like trying to find the solution or the fix. I, I spent a lot of time in the pickup world. Um, and it, it was all about like being dominant and being manly. I remember, I remember going through the books that you mentioned plus the game and like thinking that like I had to completely throw away who I was to assume the mantle or the identity of this like super alpha guy. And mm -hmm. like, I had to have the perfect lines to say, I had to knew when to bounce the set to escalate, how to properly hold eye contact and mirror. There's like hundreds and hundreds of rules. And I was so busy thinking about how to yeah. execute on those that there's really not a lot of room for connection. Sometimes I'd confuse someone into dating me. And yeah. <laughs> Not, not a good time. You just trick someone to be like, oh, yeah, yeah we're dating now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I can see where, yeah, and I, and I can see like where that really can create problems later down the road, right? When we aren't able to sort of address the, the core and the foundation there. Um, 
I guess I'm curious, like when you, when you do work with people, then like, how does that work? Um, you know, what, what do you take them through or how do you, how do you guide that process in, um, in improving their dating lives? Hmm. It kind of goes case by case, but I think that's kind of the reason why it's valuable to work with someone one-on-one. Um, one of the things that comes up frequently for guys is that they're not aware of what their bodies are doing or how their emotions are kicking into play and how that holds them back. Um, I had a student where I was just like, I was asking him what he was feeling and he was just telling me his logical thoughts. It's like, but like, what are the emotions? And he couldn't, he couldn't locate them. Um, and the problem that happens, I think in a, in a lot of cases, as men, we're not really encouraged to explore emotions because like, you know, they're like girly and feminine and mm-hmm. exploring emotions makes you weak. The problem is that when that happens, I'm also ignoring the emotions that like come into play when I'm doing an approach. So if I'm talking to someone new, um, there's a reason why my heart is beating really fast. There's a reason why my head blanks out. And when I know what my emotions are and how to interrupt them, I also know how to step out of that space and actually be really cool, relaxed, and smooth in those interactions. I can be fully me and create attraction. And that's kind of the work that I do with my students. I teach them to interrupt those patterns right as they're happening. Um, And from that, like they can show up naturally. Like I have a blind client now that's like killing it with women. He got like a couple girls confessing their feelings for him. Whereas before it was like, I was completely convinced that, Hey, I'm disabled. No one's ever going to want to me. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's important there. Um, it's that belief, that mentality where there, there's probably a lot of things or circumstances or situations or past experiences that tell you I'm not dateable. I'm this awkward Asian kid that, you know, maybe, um, you know, everybody else thinks it's like, I'm just like this nerdy scrawny kid or, or maybe I'm just like, you know, yeah, just this, all these stories that we tell ourselves that make us feel less attractive. And it's easy to say like, it's mainstream media's fault. It's the movies. It's like the fact that we have freaking like Ken Jeong and Jimmy Yang or her, you know, William Hung out like misrepresenting us, right? <laughs> like so easy to blame everybody else, right? And and I think as Asian men, because I do agree, like because we don't have that representation, you know, it's it's hard to then relate to other um other it's hard to have that role model right to to follow um but i think what we forget is that we are still ourselves like we're individual human beings um and we don't have to let our circumstances define us you know um do how do you how do you kind of approach that type of conversation or how do you like you know raise that type of awareness with people mm. I think the first shift that happens, and I was thinking about this as you were speaking, I think the first shift that happens is understanding that technique is not important at all. Like it doesn't matter at all until mindset is dealt with. Like I can spit a pickup line at someone. It'll probably land because I'm going to pick one that's authentic to me. Like there's a congruency about it. 
But if someone doesn't have the mindset that they're an attractive person, it falls into that catch 22 category. I'm doing something that's immensely uncomfortable for me. That other person has something that, that are called mirror neurons in their head that allow them to read the emotions that I'm feeling and then have them internalize those emotions and experience them themselves. So they get a creepy vibe. And if I deliver that line, it's going to fall flat on its face because I still don't believe that I'm an attractive person. So this is weird for me. Once mindset is addressed, then I think that it opens up a whole new world for whatever. But the other piece that I have people look at is like, what do you authentically enjoy? Like when you're talking with someone, are you enjoying the conversation? Or are you just asking questions because you're trying to keep it from not being awkwardly silent? Mm. And I find that the minute that people can make that calibration back to authenticity, like, hey, I'm interested in your glasses because they make you look fantastic. Where did you get them? Like, I have follow-up questions to that. That's a natural conversation for me. Versus if I ask about something that I don't care about, like, what's that pile of, well, I care about the pile of books back there, but (laughs) it's like, where did you get that shirt? Where can you take that conversation? Right. There's nowhere you can take that. I shop there too. So, yeah. I think that authenticity and that emotional realness is, is a really good jumping off point and people respond to that. That's where like the actual connection happens. Right. No. And, and what I love about that too is, um, and this was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way was that, you know, we, we really have to have, how do I describe it? It's kind of like we we have to have our own interests. We have to have our own self-awareness and understanding of ourselves, what we're interested in. Like you said, you know, um, I, I could totally, you know, remember my 20 some old self trying to like figure out how to, how do I bring up the conversation that's going to be most relevant for her or like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever I'm talking to, even for, you know, coworkers or leadership or whatever, right? There, it can apply in so many ways where we tailor or want to want to do so much to please others, you know, and we forget about what people really want is just you to show up as yourself and what you are excited about, what you are curious about, what makes you come alive. You know, we, I, I love this quote by um, Howard Thurman where it's like, you know what, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to ruin it. Um, (laughs) uh, This is the power of the internet, right? (laughs) Uh, Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And that I, I love repeating because it's so true in the fact that, you know, we care so much about, again, as I was saying, like, what's going to be an interesting conversation for her or how can I like, you know, game, game this so that she gets excited or, or likes me or whatever. Um, rather than really like expressing what we like. And, and then I think the next step though is after expressing what you like, detaching yourself from that like approval or validation from what you like. You know what I mean? Like if I yeah. say I like video games, you know, I can't feel ashamed about that. I can't feel judged about that because that's going to come off, you know, that's going to come off as something that's unsure or that, that I'm unsure of myself that I like video games just because I fear being 
judged or what that looks like. So um, anyway, I guess that I get super uh, passionate about that because that was like a lesson that I'm learning even now is as I'm focusing more on myself and kind of what my interests are and feeling more confident in that and less so focusing on trying to just say the right thing or, or, you know, uh, please others that, that ironically creates more attraction. Like the fact that like you yeah. don't care so much about, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the other, not, not that you don't care about the other person, but like trying to, trying to please them. So, um, so yeah. it sounds like that's what a lot of the work you do then is like help, help them kind of develop that for themselves. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I love that you brought up confidence because I feel like confidence is like a myth. It's like something that someone made up and it's, it's the oldest piece of dating advice that I've ever got. Be confident. Also be yourself, which could it right. get any more ambiguous? Right. But I think the two, the two are like super related and it's not obvious at first, but like I can, people will perceive me as confident if I'm talking about something that I really enjoy because I know what I fucking about. Am I allowed to cuss? I don't yeah, know. Go for it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what I fucking like. And, and there's a certain assertiveness about that, right? Like there's no, there's no doubt in whether or not I enjoy something. And if I'm talking about it, that will occur to other people's confidence. Yeah. So like there's, I think everyone, at least initially for me, going into the dating game, there was this push to be more confident, assertive dude. I'll be louder. Like, you know, I'll like take up more space. I'll have more presence. And sure, that stuff kind of helps. But I think it's more to your point earlier of, hey, I'm just talking about stuff that I like. At that point, that is confident. You are confident. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do anything on top of that. And that, that's the entire equation. Yeah. And if I'm talking about something that I enjoy, it's nice when other people bandwagon on top, but there's also no room for neediness. It's just, I'm talking about something I like and mm, that's cool. Like maybe they can riff off of that. Yeah. 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 And I, and I love that. It's like, again, we, not everybody is going to like what you like. So, you know, just detaching yourself from like, okay, fine. You don't like star Wars, like whatever. Right. Like there's going to be other people <laughs> We would. I mean, if you don't like Star Wars, we're done talking, but I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so, so like, yeah, we don't have to please everyone, you know? So um, I'd like to actually get more, you know, if you're comfortable to open up more about ourselves and our stories about all this too. Um, I know for me, even as I, you know, sit up here, the preaching, all these things that I've learned, like I, I know that I still have so much work that I'm doing, even just this last couple of weeks, I was kind of seeing this girl who um, I agree with called me out in being unsure of myself, you know, and, and not really uh, being able to, to know what I want, especially out of a relationship. And um, I think, I think there this is why uh, uh, I've been going into my own work in emotional intelligence because of the lack thereof, like all the suppressing and repressing of emotions left me unable to communicate them, you know, left me unable to really know what am I feeling? What, what 
like, what do I care about? What do I like? You know, um, especially when it comes to a relationship as well. So um, I guess I, I just share that because I'm curious, you know, maybe from your end, what type of work you're still working on internally, even as, you know, as you are a coach, because I know as a coach to coach here, like we know that we're not here as experts, like as like super, you know, ultimate beings and whatever expertise we're in. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd love to kind of open that up if you're comfortable with sharing maybe something that you're currently working on, uh, if, if, or, or maybe something you yeah. have worked on and have started to, to start seeing, you know, uh, uh progress in. Yeah, you uh, you caught me at like the perfect time for this. Like, I'm kind of in like the golden age of all of that. Um, I'm I'm getting out of a relationship that I really wasn't happy with. Um, there was there was like some cheating going on and like just like bad vibes, not a lot of communication. Um, but what I also saw in that was like um, I have a lot of difficulty communicating my needs directly, like asking for them without feeling like I'm being overly intrusive, mm -hmm. or pushy, yeah. trying to force an agenda. Um, and the other part that I saw was like female validation seeking. There's a lot of neediness that was happening that like just never showed up before until this relationship. Um, so my work right now is looking at like, how do I build up the kind of lifestyle where my baseline is so secure that none of this ever shakes me again? Mm. And that takes like looking at my environment that takes optimizing my body, the way that I'm sleeping, my diet. It's a lot of inner work too. Like, um, I just, I just invited like three or four of my closer female friends to roast me on video. And I saw that them. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you okay. You're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's been fun. I, I can see how much I've grown, but I'm also like using that space to like, look like, oh, shoot, like, am I getting defensive? Am I wanting to try to like fix what she's feeling? Or like, um, am I trying to explain myself so she thinks of me as a good person still? And as I catch those processes, I'm going through somatic processing, which is I look at the body sensations that I'm experiencing. I notice what emotions I've labeled them with. And then I take the time to breathe through so that that experience goes away and I can just start showing up as me again. Mm. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's been like, this is probably the happiest that I've been in a long time. That's amazing. No. And I, and I obviously feel that. So um, that, so that's an interesting kind of way to approach it too, in terms of the, the somatic side of things. So just really, connecting your emotions with a, a physical experience, right? Is that kind of how you would summarize somatic, somatica or I actually don't really know much about that. Oh, I got you. Um, yeah, that's, well, that's on me. I should know better than just start slinging okay. <laughs> terms around. Um, so if you're listening to this right now, somatic processing is, it's kind of like, instead of like asking yourself questions and trying to figure out like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of shortcut and go down into the body and look at the sensations that I'm feeling. Um, and if you've ever noticed that, like when you're extra hungry or you're like super warm or uncomfortable, it's really easy to like get into like road rage or an argument or something. Like people are so angry on hot days. And it's because of this, like most people aren't body aware. And when we're physically uncomfortable, 
we, it's very easy for us to get emotionally uncomfortable too. Um, so somatic processing allows us to deal with the body sensations directly. So if I deal with those, then the emotions dissipate. And I might not have to go in the crazy circle that like chasing my thoughts around, try to figure things out upstairs. I love so that. I, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. So I guess in how I see that then is almost um, reconnecting with the body, that physical sensation is in a way like throwing a wrench in that spiral of a thought process that we might have about how how we're feeling or, or thinking, you know, like um, really just like grounding ourselves to to something else other than just all the different beliefs that we might like spiral into. Yeah. It's like, sometimes it's like, you probably noticed this too. Like sometimes, even though I logically know that I shouldn't be feeling a yep. certain way, like emotionally I'm so cheesed off and it's like really hard to get out of that space. Even if I know like exercises, like I'll journal, um, I'll take time to like, like think through like, Hey, this doesn't make any sense. I'm making up a story about this person. I'm blaming them. I know mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm still stuck. And somatically it's way easier to address. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is that like, when, when you talk to people about anxiety and fear, which I think comes up a lot in dating. So hopefully this is useful to your listeners right now. Um, I was talking to my sister and she says that one of the ways that she kind of regulates is she starts like belly laughing. It's like, that's weird. Um, I was kind of thought that if you start breathing faster, make you more nervous. That's what I've been told. But then it's like, okay, what do you, what do you do when you belly laugh? And she's like, Oh, it's like, it's like down there. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what do you feel your anxiety and fear? Well, it's in my stomach. And so she was basically just hacking herself, like without even thinking about it like creating body sensation where the fear was to interrupt mm. that signal. So she didn't feel fear anymore. Mm -hmm. That's and cool. That's part of that work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can totally imagine how that just takes you out. Like I think laughing in general really takes you out of those, those um, just over consuming emotions. Right. So that kind of breaks it up and maybe looks at, looks that makes that anxiety turn into excitement, you know, um, or, or just releasing a lot of that tension that we may have, um, just to let go and like have fun with ourselves and laugh it off kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Um, I remember like you also mentioned in our, you know, offline here in our conversations that, you have been more curious now about like how the physiological this this physiological connection with our emotions and that like that could be a a a really good way for people to break through in terms of um managing the emotions that might be debilitating them you want to talk more about that yeah um well, this is this is awful good timing. I, I'm going through the body keeps the score, which is like phenomenal. If you want to understand how the brain works, if you want to understand how to like really handle yourself and grow at like an extremely fast rate, I really recommend this book. Um, and one what's of the it, things they called? talk about the body keeps the score. Okay. Um, but within this book, they talk about working with trauma victims. 
And one of the things they notice about trauma victims is that they tend to numb out. They're actually not aware of the emotions that they're feeling at all. Um, and when, when I say trauma, uh, I think what a lot of people think about is like rape and kidnapping. Um, but when I refer to it, it can actually just be an event that our brains took as a threat that we couldn't escape. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is that there are a lot of men who are traumatized either from dating or just from growing up that are out of touch with their emotions. And Mm -hmm. and I'm saying this as a judgment. Um, This is how I was and am. Like, if I look for my emotions, and and I can see that you're you're relating to this, like, it takes me a while to figure out what I'm feeling. Like, I have to stop and think about it for like a few seconds. It's like waiting on the shore for a wave to hit. And there's like, oh, I feel grateful, maybe a little bit calm. There's, but sometimes I notice that I have like a knee-jerk reaction. Like I have like, oh, well, I should feel happy. So that's, that must be what, I should, what I'm feeling right now. And I'll just say that thing reflexively without thinking about it. Um, in either case, I'm going to bring it back. So if you're having trouble feeling your emotions, there's, this is possibly the result of trauma. And that trauma gets in the way of being an effective dater. Um, but in going into somatic work, in going into understanding our emotions, we begin to open up those channels again. And the value of this, and we've, we've talked a lot about emotions, and I think a lot of guys are sort of averse to this, like you, Icky. But there's also the understanding that attraction is an emotion. Mm-hmm. Love, lust, those are emotions. And if you're getting stuck in the friend zone, it's because you aren't playing in emotions. We're getting stuck in the logical. And it's not your fault, because mm-hmm. that's just how we've been trained, talking facts. Right. Um, so the minute that we get emotional freedom is also the minute that women are like, who is that guy? Like, right. I'm, I'm not single. I'm taking myself off the market, but I have like three women chasing me. I'm not trying to flirt. This is just happening. And once you get to that level, I think you're going to start to find the same thing happens for you. Um, and I'm sure you're seeing this too as well, Victor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really relate to to that and i love that you brought up trauma too because that's that's something again like you said we we think of trauma as something that's like ptsd and like you know very (laughs) heavy things but there are many ways that we have trauma more in, in more subtle ways you know and and really affects that subconscious and i know that um i know that i have some trauma in terms of approaching women you know where as a kid i would go up to one of my crushes and just her facial expression told me everything and it really just like all right well i am that creepy like you know awkward kid and you know every woman now is gonna react that way every time i approach them and like i could totally see how that can affect you know future behaviors when we have that sort of that that's our only um experience right that that's our um yeah experience with so because that's what an emotion is is really just your brain's best guess based on past experience but but yeah so and i love also that you brought up the the difference between like logic and emotion you know when um, i think it's very common for men to be more on the logical side, to want to like fix things, to want to like, um, you know, list out facts and like figure out like, wait, when did I say that or whatever, right? Like women though, 
for the most part, and again, you know, generalizing here, but when when expressing an emotion, they don't need a logical response. They need recognition of that emotion that they're trying to express. And a lot of the men miss that. I know I miss that <laughs> quite often. Yeah. Um, I think it's still it's still a two way street, though, in terms of there are better ways to communicate emotions. I I know actually, in within my work with EQ, that um, you know the there is a difference between using the words "I feel like" versus "I feel." You know, I think a lot of people in general will say like, "I feel like." you're not listening to me or I feel like, you know, we're not uh, connecting or whatever, but that in itself, it's still a story about something that's happening or maybe a circumstance, right? It's not necessarily an emotion. So instead we could, you know, if there is a need to express some kind of emotion, we can't be using like comparisons or try to talk about some other experience. We have to really say, what is that emotion? So I feel unheard. I feel disconnected. I feel, you know, whatever. Right. Um, from a, from a more like internal self. And, um, so, so I think I could totally see where there's, you know, without that languaging, without that like ability to communicate that emotion the response could be like no i am like i am listening to you or like you know whatever they'll try to like respond with some facts to um to disprove that or un unvalidate is that the word invalidate the experience or or the accusation or whatever and that's where conflict comes in you know um yeah yeah one one thing I've noticed, especially among men, and I, I do this a lot, it took like so much retraining to even begin to move the needle on this, is that when someone tells me that they're having a hard day, usually my go my, my go to used to be I would just like give them all of this advice, yeah, because like I don't want them to feel that way. But what I'm coming to understand is that most people don't actually want the advice. I hate getting advice from people personally, yeah. But what, what I do want in those situations is for someone to like understand where I'm coming from and just like to hear it out. And I think that's where like a lot of us get tripped up. Emotions don't need to be met with advice or logic, as you were saying. I also like the point that you made earlier about owning emotions. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I think this circles back to something we were talking about earlier. Talk about stuff that you're interested in. Talk about your experience. Like so much of the dating process, I think is like really nicely summarized in the book, like No More Mr. Nice Guy, where it's talking about how your job is actually to get more selfish. Your job is to figure out what you need and communicate that. Your job is to figure out what you like and communicate about that. And same with emotions. Um, I think to your earlier point too, the deeper we get into story, the more assumptions we make, the further we get from actual factual reality. I find the more that sets me up to just be in pain and like to have a real sucky, sucky time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like to embrace that pain, right? To embrace that discomfort. Um, like the most direct thing I can do for myself is notice what my body sensations are. Like that's facts that's happening Mm. for me right now. But the minute that I start adding stories on top of that, Mm -hmm. I begin to suffer. 
my try stomach to, hurts. Try to overanalyze, try to, you know, think, think it through, right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, like I have, I have a headache. Maybe I have a brain tumor. And, and I think if you're confused about stories, that's what we mean. Attaching extra meaning on top of the facts. Um, and that happens so much in dating. It's like, every, it's so easy to misinterpret and add extra stories on top of yep. like, why did she take so long to text me back? Right. Um, so I think, I think that kind of nicely segues into like, that's part of the process too. How do I catch that thought and interrupt it so it doesn't keep on coming back and bothering me? So like, I feel needy and she's ignoring me and like, maybe she doesn't like me anymore. That's where it all kind of falls apart. I love that. I'm trying to also think about, you know, my, my experience. Cause again, I know I have so much to learn here too, but how, how do we, you know, differentiate uh, what it means to be nice versus kind? Hmm. What, how do you, hmm. I can't answer this question without turning it back on you. <laughs> are you, are you okay. asking for like my definitions? No, or? yeah. Well, okay. I'll, I guess I'll provide more context and why I asked that because I feel like, you know, we get this whole, this trope or whatever about like, don't be a nice guy or, or whatever. And I think for the, the men who, you know, listen to that and want to adopt that, they go into the opposite end of being like, a dick <laughs> or being <laughs> too assertive or aggressive. Right. And, yeah. and I, and I think, you know, I, I like to see what that difference maybe for you might mean, but um, I do see a difference between being nice in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, people pleasing or being a pushover or just doing things for other people Versus being kind in terms of being empathetic and compassionate, um, understanding, you know, um, and so just balancing that and, and, and like wanting to make sure that we're not that, that we can still be like assertive, but not like an asshole at the same time, you know? So I don't know. I guess I'm just really throwing this up there as like a, a maybe how we can riff on like this dichotomy that I think a lot of men might feel like they, they don't know where to, where to lean or maybe they lean too far into both ends. So how, yeah. how do we kind of find that balance? Cause I know for myself, like in my last relationship, I, I, I think I definitely grew up very like that nice guy. Right. And I, and I think many people who might see me, as a as a first judgment we'll assume that but um and so sometimes then not knowing or, or like wanting to avoid that so much i do turn into more of this like just being mean you know and and maybe like out, not intentionally but there is this like idea that like I want to, I do want to try so hard not to be that nice guy. That's just going to be a pushover. Um, but then I lean too far. So how, how do we like rein ourselves in or how do we like, you know, still, still be kind, but also be attractive and, and assertive at the same time. Yeah. I really, I really like this question. 
Because you're right, nice nice does have a certain connotation to it when it comes to dating. It's kind of like the kiss of, I mean, I used to think of it as a kiss of death. Like, oh, if you're really nice. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally I imagine that like anime character. It's like, ah, like that. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think there are two ways that I, I can see. And one of them is a really recent breakthrough. Um, and when, when I look at my own behavior, I'm also beginning to look at, well, why am I doing this? Is there an end goal here? Like, am I trying to feel a certain way? Am I trying to get something out of this? And, and if I am, if I notice that I'm doing it because I think someone else would want me to, or I'm worried they're going to be mad at me, if I don't do it, then I don't do it. Um, and what I'm noticing is that that has me show up as more and more assertive. And I'm not an asshole about it. It's just, you know, I'm not interested in this. The thing that I think happens there is that it becomes safer to interact with me. It's also more attractive for people. And I've, I've gotten that feedback as well. Um, and within that, like, I think here's the second part is, am I okay with saying no to people? Mm-hmm. And I, am I okay with people saying no to me? That's also equal kind of flip sides of the same coin. Um, and I used to not be okay with it. I had a really hard time with someone coming in with a different opinion than me. And as I'm training myself to be in those situations and not immediately flip into my triggered state or my fight, flight, or freeze response, uh, I'm finding that it's much easier for me to be assertive and to check myself, not be that pushover nice guy uh, without falling into the asshole category. And I think the trick might be just removing the reactiveness from it. Mm. Am I like really cheesed off when I'm replying? Then I'm being an asshole. Am I like level? Like you you appear to be like really grounded. If you were to tell me no from that place, I don't think that would come off assholeish at all. Yeah, man. Love that. So I guess it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's being grounded in yourself. And again, just that, that theme of not, people pleasing right um i i just imagine a a visual that i get is sort of like this energetic aura that we might have around us and and i feel like if we're you know like if if our energy is just like going all over the place and trying to like connect with all these things and trying to like hug everything or whatever (laughs) you know um then uh then it's easily to just be like you know, be carried with the wind, you know? And, and so part of that attraction and maybe, and, and again, from a, a male perspective is, is reining that in, right? Like, (laughs) you know, not letting your energy just being like carried by other people's opinions or other people's facial expressions or thoughts or whatever. I mean, of course we have to have some social awareness, right. But, (laughs) uh, but like, but, um, but just not letting them totally like carry us into, into different beliefs or, or, or make us do different things just to please them. Yeah. That was, it's an ongoing thing for me. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling with this right now and you're just like, I can't just turn that off. You're actually right. Uh, you're right. You can't just right. turn it off. Right. This, this takes time. It might be a few months. It might be a few years. Um, 
yeah, I think, and I think there's a lot of value within this work too, to, to go easy on ourselves. I, I think in, when I first started off, it was all about how do I fix myself? Cause I, I'm mm. broken clearly not attractive to women. I go on Tinder and it takes me like five days to get a match. <laughs> not attractive. I got to fix this. And, and that energy, like really had me falling into some self-loathing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, if you're on this journey, then I think one of the most important parts is, Hey, like, how do I learn to embrace who I am right now? And when I can do that, I can also begin to let go of that person and transform. Yeah. No, thank you for um, bringing that up too. And um, what what else would you say then to, you know, that 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 guy who has been, you know, a- adopting or maybe just through experience or maybe through their environment have, you know, really valued this this value or and this virtue of being nice and and kind which again is there's nothing wrong with, but, but also now how do you, how do you have them like stand their ground, kind of rein in their energy, kind of be more confident in, in who they are and and what they enjoy or um, what they want. Mm. And that's, I know that's a very big question. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so complex. Let me see. Let me see if there's anything that I can distill down. Like, maybe like a first step or something. So the ask is, is there something that we can give the guys who are currently like, yeah, I want to be nice to women. I want to be kind. And sometimes I get lost in that kindness. Like I'm overextended. I'm burning out. Like I don't have time for me. Or maybe I'm getting upset because I'm doing favors for people and they're just kind of like unrequited. Um, mm-hmm. And okay. and it, it creates like a lack of attraction. It's like hard yeah. to, you know, come off as, that sexy, you know, person, what would you, what would you say as a, something that they could keep in mind or maybe practice um, once they go out into the world and this pandemic ends? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this, this isn't the truth, um, but it's a useful place to look. One thing to consider is why am I doing all these things? And for me, what I found was I'm trying to make up for the fact that I think that I'm not attractive. I'm trying to bring additional value. I do these nice things for these people. They'll like me. Mm. And that's the only way that I can make this happen. I have to be this person all the time. I have to serve their needs. I have to like really pay attention and watch my phone all the time for their text messages and respond immediately, be there for them when they have breakdowns. Um, and I found that left me really unhappy. Um, just like kind of compulsively checking my phone, mm-hmm. um, not effective at dating. Um, and, and really, I think where the journey starts and, and, and you might, I'm anticipating that this is going to sound really woo-woo, right? And so it, it will, it, it'll definitely sound woo-woo. But one principle that I've heard in marketing, and this applies to dating too, is that you you market to people about what they want and then you give them what they actually need. And I've heard this again and again in the dating circles is you market to people about how you can get the text to make her drop her panties. And what you actually give people is, is the power to accept themselves. And when I can accept myself fully, 
then I don't have to people please because all of a sudden there's nothing to make up for. I'm not this unattractive Asian guy. I, I mean, I don't have to get like tons and tons of tattoos. I don't need to work out a bunch or ride a motorcycle or learn a different language. I'm just going to show up and that's fine. That's, that's what confidence is, right? I'm trusting that I'm good enough. I think that's where to start. And it's, it's a huge answer. So I don't know if that clears it up for anyone, but I hope that it does. It's a good place yeah. to start. No, I, I, what I take out of that is the, the fact that, you know, it really does come down to yourself and really understanding yourself and. Okay. What, what you were saying actually brought up something for me. Um, and it's, it's weird and counterintuitive because it's like, if I want to attract her, why would I work on me? Um, and, and one thing that I'm discovering now is that like, my life is basically a collection of things that I've given myself permission to have. And if I don't think I have permission to date a hot girl, I'm not going to approach her, right? Because I'm not good enough. I'm not even going to have that conversation. I'm just going to shut myself off right from the get-go. If I don't think that I deserve to look a certain way, if I'm uncomfortable being like really jacked and built because I judge people who are jacked and built, and you don't need to do this skater practice, by the way, just an example, then I'm not going to have that body, right? Yeah. I'm not going to spend time in the gym because it's like only meatheads go to the gym. Same thing with money. If I judge rich people for liking and chasing after money, I'm going to deny myself opportunities to make more money because I don't deserve that. Only assholes try to get rich. Yeah. And so it's all mindset. And the minute that we can begin tuning those mindsets, the minute that I started adjusting my mindset, dating was pretty natural. I just show up and talk at people. And sometimes they listen and they think I'm attractive and sometimes they don't. And that's basically it. Yep. Yep. And sometimes they don't. That's the thing I think we need to repeat, you know, like sometimes people <laughs> are not going to like you and that's okay. Right. Like dealing with that rejection is super hard, but, um, we have to, uh, like, we have to really embrace that. So, well, thank you, Rob. This has been such a great and fun conversation for me. I know I took away a lot. Um, and uh, how could how could people find you or or you know connect with you or um, if they or is there a certain type of person that you love to work with too specifically? Yeah. Um... I'm I'm looking for guys that have like kind of their they're in dating with the the best of intentions. They want to find someone that they can treat right. They're looking for a great relationship. Um, and maybe you're having trouble finding the spark and making that happen. Maybe you're getting up in your own head and there's like something that holds you back from going up and talking to that girl that you really, really, really want to talk to. Um, I want to talk to the guy that that understands it's gone through like all that material online from pickup artists. And you're seeing that, like, this is just making me weird. And like, mm -hmm. I'm getting mixed results here and I'm not, not down for this. Um, yeah. If you're one of those people and you're ready to like, take a look at who you are and become the kind of guy that like naturally brings in women that you would love to spend time with. Um, I would love to talk with you and you can find me at greatdateguy.com. 
Um, yeah, uh, I think there's some kind of contact form at the bottom. Uh, the website's not really laid out right now, but uh, yeah, leave me a message or find me on Facebook. I'm under Rob Womp. And well, that's probably bad because there are a ton of us online. There's so many Rob Womps. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let's talk. Awesome. Thank you for coming on and sharing your nuggets of wisdom and also for being open and vulnerable here. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. And, and, um, (laughs) thanks again. (laughs) I was trying to find a way to, a way to close it out, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for the space, man. This was a really fun conversation. All right. What do you think? Great episode, right? (laughs) That was so enlightening for me in a lot of ways. And it was just really cool to be able to riff off him, uh, riff off Rob here in, in, you know, personal development and, and really improving ourselves and creating our own sense of confidence, our own sense of attraction, especially as Asian men. Um, and I, I really, again, would love to hear from you. Um, if this, episode created any value for you or created any insights um please do share it share it with a good friend of yours even privately you know or or, and and use it as an opportunity to to start a conversation um or share it with your network and and someone who maybe is within your network that never thought they needed to hear any of this as well but could benefit from it Um, i would really appreciate that as well to you know help spread this message and this mission here for both of us um that'd be amazing if you got um a lot of value and would love to provide any monetary support i would really appreciate your donations to help keep this podcast going of course this you know keeping a weekly show up does require a lot of time and energy and expenses so um if you are able and willing uh, you can donate uh, a one-time donation or a monthly donation at bit.ly slash human up podcast donation all one word lowercase and lastly if you identify yourself as an asian man and am ready to start working on yourself to really Um, have the tools and the accountability and the emotional support network from other Asian men who are working and developing their emotional awareness, definitely uh, sign up for my waitlist. I am creating a private community called the Emotion Dojo. And uh, this is a place for other Asian men to create a sense of camaraderie and brotherhood and really open up and practice exercising our emotions and expressing our emotions, especially to other Asian men, so that we can go out in, in other areas of our life and our work and our relationships and, and really show up as our best self after having practiced it, after having you know, found a safe space to, um, to work through them. So I would be so honored to have you sign up for the waitlist at victorung.com slash membership. And um, I am super excited to build up the the list of people here 
to then launch a new cohort. I've been running it with some some friends right now with other Asian men that I've developed a really awesome close relationship with um, and doing these weekly check-ins. And it has been so just fulfilling and such a connecting experience. And I, again, am so honored and grateful um, to be able to provide this space and, and I love would love to continue making this my life's work so um, if you are interested and, and ready to start taking that action to really start getting plugged in and really taking um, your next steps here definitely sign up again at victorung.com slash membership that's what I've been working on. And with that, I really appreciate you for listening and for being a loyal listener to, to listen up to this point towards the end. And um, much love and I will catch you next Monday. <laughs>